Uh, hey guys, welcome back for another episode of Discussion with a Friend. I'm Jay. How y'all doing, everyone? It's Rye. Welcome back to Discussion with a Friend. Today, we have a, a very, very special guest. I'm going to let Rodney introduce her. Yeah, so for our first guest on the show, uh, it's going to be my cousin, actually. Her name is Jocelyn Willingham, and she is a clinical researcher at Rush Hospital. Um, she's going to be talking a little bit about COVID-19 and vaccinations, uh, why you should get vaccinated, um, and then a little bit about her personal life as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. See, this my big flex. This is skip the line because it's me next. Why you always capping? Why you playing? This ain't recent. Hey, everyone. Um, so our first guest of the show is my cousin, Jocelyn Willingham. Um, she's a clinical researcher at Rush Hospital. I got that right, right? Um, (laughs) she also taught in South Korea, uh, the Epic English program. I got that right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very decorated. Graduated from Howard University. Um, she just got married. Um, and she's a homeowner. So a lot of, a lot of great things going on in her life. Uh, but we're just going to start off just asking you, like, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. You know, 2021 is starting off. Okay. A lot yeah. better than last year. So, you know, that's all we can really hope for is just each day gets better. Uh, so, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. That's good to hear because uh, 2020, you know, that was rough. So, <laughs> yeah, that one was a doozy for sure. <laughs> How you doing, Rodney? Uh, hanging in there. I mean, like like she said, 2021 is better. Uh, you know, you peep the shirts. God be the glory. You know, I, I yes, just, I'm just thankful. So, you know, I'm just thankful I'm here. Mm-hmm. What about you, man? You doing good? good. It's a band. Good. No, this is uh, you know, my favorite that 3D. Oh, the uh, 3D, 3D. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing good. I just been you know running around. I'm I literally got home like five minutes before we hopped on, so you know, but I'm ready to go. I got I got a lot of questions <laughs> that I want to ask you, a lot of information that I want to hear. So okay. whenever you guys so, are ready, let's hop right into it, man. Let's get to it. So yeah, we're just gonna start off. Uh, so I mean, I listed a lot of things right there. Um. But let's just start, like, how did you get to, like, where you are now? Because, like I said, you were teaching in South Korea. You graduated from Howard. Um, I know you went to, like, Whitney Young, and you were involved in a whole bunch of things before that. So, like, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and, like, your interest and just how you ended up, like, where you are now in life? Yeah. So I will start off by saying I'm you. I'm a very type A type of person. So, like, I've always kind of been the person that had, like, a plan 10 year, five year, 20 year kind of plan. And uh, my life did not follow that plan at all. (laughs) So um, kind of the way that I got interested in kind of like the work that I've done, um, I've always been interested in like psychology and things like that. That was always really a big um, thing that I saw. And um, in the black community, I knew that that was something that like wasn't really talked about, yeah. you know, back in the day, wasn't really promoted in any way. And I realized that that was like an area that I was like, huh, I could kind of, you know, maybe do something like kind of be helpful, be able to kind of change, you know, the way the black community looks at mental health and things like that. And so that's kind of how I that was my goal when I went to college. I was like, I'm going to go for psychology, you know, and like I said, my plan was to go get my bachelor's, go to grad school, get my PhD, do all this stuff. Um, But things just kind of like took a sidetrack, but it actually, you know, ended up kind of being better for me. So um, I graduated from Howard 
like you said, with my psychology degree. And after that, I was kind of like, I went back, I moved back home. You know, I was like, I want to kind of get my counseling degree or something like that. I tried online school, hated it, uh, dropped out of that program. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, I don't want to go back to school. I want to like work with kids. Cause that was kind of another thing that was always really um, like a passion of mine. So that's how I got into the teaching English in South Korea. Cause I was like, Oh, I can work with kids. Cool. So I did that for a year. Hold on. Um, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but <laughs> yeah. that was just like a, a big jump for me. You, <laughs> you went back right. home and then you ended up in Korea. How, yeah. How, how, how did that happen? Yeah. So another thing kind of side passion for me is language. I like languages. So um, one fun fact is that I am, I would not say fluent, but I know enough in about seven different languages. Jesus. Oh, wow. So, I never even knew that. <laughs> yeah. So English, Spanish, I can read French. I cannot speak it. Uh, I took Swahili in undergrad. Um, I learned Korean before I moved. I started learning a little bit of Japanese. And then Jeez. because of my dad, I know a little bit of German. So <laughs> good old Uncle James. Hey, I, I tried yeah, I tried sure. Spanish and uh got a, a C minus uh the <laughs> second time and a C plus the first time. So you improved though. Yeah, that's, that's the key. Uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of like absolutely that's kind of what made me do that because I was like I was like, I'm tired of going to school. I want to do something. I, I hadn't, hadn't traveled or I had traveled once out of the country before then. And I loved it. And I was like, oh, man, I could like go somewhere else, like go somewhere, live by myself. Um, so I did that for a year and it was awesome. Like I love the food, the language, all of that. Um, and so then I was like, this was fun, but it wasn't necessarily on my plan. So <laughs> let me go back home. Right. <laughs> Um, and so then when I came back home, I was like, okay, let me go back into like what my kind of profession or what I kind of thought I would do as a career wise. Um, so I actually went back to school and got my master's degree in public health. And okay. that kind of married all the different worlds that I was kind of looking for. So like healthcare and kind of psychology, thinking of it about thinking about it in a way that's like more preventative. So a lot of times we think of healthcare as like, oh, I've cut myself or I've done this and I need to go to the hospital. Right. But thinking of fact, health, yeah. Exactly. So thinking of health is like, what can we do before we have these issues to help people just live better lives? Um, mm -hmm. And so after I did that, that's when I started um, working at Rush. So I work as a clinical research coordinator. So I kind of help facilitate different studies in the department and kind of make sure they're running smoothly. Um, and I get to work with like a lot of people on the West side of Chicago. So a lot of black communities and things like that. So I really like it because it's, it makes me feel like I'm kind of, you know, giving back to my community in yeah, ways, okay. you know, we're making yeah. sure that, you know, they're heart healthy or they know, you know, how to kind of get access to resources for healthcare and things like that. So um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So it's, it's you know, it's been fun kind of I've doing it for wow. about three years now. So it's been good. Uh, that's awesome. Well, since uh, since we're on the subject of uh, like black communities and West Side and all this, I have a question for uh, COVID. Mm -hmm. Since you're like a researcher, um, 
You know, black people are, I, I would say we are probably the number one race on, in terms of not wanting to take the vaccine. Is that something that you think that we actually should do? I know it affects us the most, but it's yeah. like, I don't really feel yeah. safe. Yeah. So I am actually va- vaccinated. I got my vaccine in January um, and I've been a huge supporter of it. And for a couple of reasons. Um, yes, I recognize that, you know, historically, Black people have kind of been on the short end of the stick, if you will, of healthcare and research and things like that. Um, but I think that there are enough people in places that are trying to work to um, get rid of some of these health inequalities. So, like you said, you know, COVID is hitting us kind of the hardest. Um, you know, a lot of first you know, essential workers, frontline workers and things like that are black. So we're kind of like on the front end of this, but, you know, there is some hesitancy and I recognize that hesitancy is valid. Um, But I also think that when it comes to the vaccine and things like that, that there's enough information out there to kind of answer some questions, a lot of questions that have been raised. Um, And I think that also from just a math kind of standpoint, when you look at the odds of COVID, the, the outcomes are by and large, totally negative. <laughs> and you right, look at the right. outcomes of the vaccine, while there are things like symptoms and things like that, the overall outcome from those are far, far less than what you would have from COVID. So I've been kind of just explaining to people like why I have chosen to get vaccinated um, and trying to explain like how this vaccine works in ways to kind of help people really just get the information. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to make the decision no matter what. But well, how does, it, I how can does help. it work? Okay, so the uh, the two main vaccines that we have right now, the Pfizer and Moderna, the way they work is through a protein called a mRNA. So it's a messenger ribonucleic acid which is a, something that like our body already kind of makes. And what that protein does is it basically tells your body, like make these cells into a arm or make these cells into a heart. So it just tells your body like how to build different things. So the way the vaccine works is this messenger RNA tells us to build a spike protein, which if you've ever seen like the picture of the coronavirus, it's like this little yeah. ball with like a spice on it, right? So So the messenger RNA is like, hey, when you see this spike, you should, one, not be friends with it. Two, you should build a, you know, like build an army around it. And three, you should get rid of it. Wow. And so then after that, the messenger kind of like, it kind of like dissipates or like dissolves. So one really good analogy that I've been telling people is like, if you've ever watched a James Bond movie and you, he gets like the message or the phone call. And it's like, hey, this is your top secret message, blah, 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 blah. And now I'll self-destruct mm-hmm. in five minutes. That's kind of right. how the messenger is working, right? Oh, um, okay. So yeah, that, that's like the easiest way I can explain it. Um, and yeah. that, and like I said, that's something that I know people were like, oh, am I going to get Corona if I take the vaccine? Like, does it have the virus? Things like right. that. So so that's yeah. why I'm. That's what it's like. If you learn more about it, you can kind of understand how it works. And I was going to say, because um, obviously you're a resource for it, but like for somebody that wanted to know more, like information, like where could they go to get that information, like to learn more about the vaccine and like where to get it? Yeah. So really good resource is the CDC. 
Um, you can literally Google like, how does the COVID vaccine work? Um, and the CDC has a really good website and it even explains how the diff, cause there are different types of vaccines. Like, you know, we have the flu vaccine, things like that. They work right, in different yeah. ways. It explains all of that. So like, that's a really good resource. Um, I, it's a ton of reading, but like, if you want to Google the actual like report that Pfizer had to write to the FDA, it explains how it works. It's, it even talks about like their test results and things like that. They tested over, I want to say 26,000 people or so. They kind of go through all of that. Oh, wow. But yeah, like the CDC. Pretty big sample size. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's normal for vaccines, too. So it's not like or out of the ordinary. They kind of did the same procedures that they would do for any um, kind of vaccine. But yeah, the CDC, the World Health Organization, your state public um, Department of Health are really good resources. I just tell people, I'm like, if you Google it, I mean, we live in a world where information is literally at your fingertips. So I'm like, everyone has valid questions. You can Google is your friend. Okay, so like, absolutely, I, I heard you talk about like it was a normal procedure. Like, is has there ever been a vaccine that's been developed this fast? Because to my knowledge, there 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 hasn't been. So that's what kind of scares me. It's like, bro, this just came out. I'm not about to take this. Like, I took the flu vaccine because I mean that's been out for years, mumps and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's been out for years. So yeah. like, what do you have to say about about that? Like how quickly they got it done. So a couple of things. One, the flu vaccine that you take every year is actually a different flu vaccine. So they actually do develop because the flu uh, mutates. So the virus will kind of change in little ways here and there, like every year. So um, I think actually like around springtime is when they start developing the new flu vaccine for the next year. So that's one thing. (laughs) The second thing is... um, So the uh, coronavirus, like the family of viruses that this um, virus came from, is actually not new. It's just that this strain is kind of new to the human population. And so um, there's also, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a CDC article that explains that there were actually trials for this vaccine in kind of in the works years ago. But the reason that they didn't go through is because they ran out of funding. So what really actually like in research, what really dictates the timeline between like, oh, I have an idea and I want to test it out to the end, like, oh, it worked or not, is really money. And so the reason that this vaccine trial kind of came quickly is because it was a global pandemic. And so kind of global right, organizations, no right, they pulled together $10 yeah. billion dollars and said, okay, hey, let's come up with a solution. Well, if you think about it, if we had $10 billion to cure the common cold, like we would never have the cold again. Or, you know, if we had all these resources, we would be able to resolve a lot of issues very quickly. Um, So that's kind of what I try to help people see, because I I know from a research side, like that's usually what hangs people up is just the money. Like there's tons of research studies for all types of things that just go high and dry because people are like, oh, we don't care about it anymore. It's not gonna affect us. And so they run out of funding. So that's kind of like the general message I try to say is like, it's really about the money. 
They went through all the same safety protocols and everything for these studies to make sure, you know, if they're going to spend this much money, they want to make sure that they actually find something that works. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, you might have you might have just got me. The last thing I was gonna ask about that. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. You what? No, I'm saying oh, to take it. Yeah, I was just she might have just got me because I, I really did not know you? that. I ain't gonna say she convinced me yet, but like she got me more towards this side because I didn't <laughs> know that the flu vaccine that we take every year changes. I didn't know that year. either. Yeah, that's that was some new information. So I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. The last thing I was gonna ask about that is. So like the actual procedure, now this might seem uh, like routine or something, but some people really don't know. So like, how is it? Is it like a shot just to the arm? You know, it's painless or like, how was it for you? Yeah. So um, the only difference in this vaccination is that it's a two-step process. So both of the vaccines right now are two doses. Um, I think the Pfizer one is okay. uh, 21 days between the first and second, and the Moderna is 24 days, I think, but generally like three weeks in between. So, uh, yeah. You oh, so it's two away. shots. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So you go in and you like take your first shot. Um, what they do is they kind of let you sit and rest for like 15 minutes afterwards to just make sure, you know, you're not having any allergic reactions or anything like that. Allergic reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, you kind of are free to go. Um, there, the CDC is also doing something right now to track people. So they, they kind of, it's like an online thing. Like you kind of text this number or whatever and you say like hey i got my vaccine and then they will check up on you daily for like the first week and then Mm. weekly afterwards and they'll say like you know hey have you had any symptoms you know how do you feel today i think it's yeah and that was good that was good that um i asked that question because a lot of people just wouldn't know that it's that uh what's the word i'm looking for not inclusive, but like they're checking up on you daily to make sure like the they're sitting you down, making sure you're not having a reaction. Because I feel like a lot of people just don't take it off the sheer fact that they're scared because yeah. it's a new vaccine. Some people have never actually gotten uh, vaccinated. You know, there's all these anti-vaxxer people out here or whatever. So some people really don't know, you, uh, you know, what goes on. But I mean, I feel like something like that, that that puts me more at ease knowing that they're going to check up on me like every day to make sure I'm okay. And, you know, they're not just sending me out, like giving me a new vaccine and, you know, leaving you out to dry. So yeah, yeah, that's, I appreciate that information. Yeah. And they're also doing a lot of studies like afterwards. So like I said, they, they've already done like the vaccine test to kind of see, but I will, I will admit like the only question that we really can't answer right now, because there just hasn't been enough time. It's like, what are the longer term effects of the vaccination? I was going to ask know, that. Do we, yeah, do we need like booster shots or like things those. like that? But, right. um, but they, I mean, like I'm personally also in a study that is going to be tracking like my antibodies. So basically the vaccine helps your body build up the antibodies or like the fighters mm-hmm. against the virus. And then over the course of time, like eventually those may go away or may get less. So they're trying to see that. But like you said, they're they're following up. I mean, they really they really are trying to do the work to see like, hey, is this effective? Because this is a real problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's uh awesome. Yeah, if you don't know, like that's I think that's my biggest issue is not knowing the long, long term effects. But then again, it's like with COVID, you don't know the long term effects either. You might catch it and then 10 years from now, you might get a heart disease from it. You don't know. Like we we none of us really know. So I feel like I haven't got it yet. Maybe I have, but I also feel like if I get the vaccine, Nobody something could happen to point. me. If if I get COVID, something could happen to me. So it's just I don't know. My hands are in the air right now. I, I I just have to make that decision when I feel like I need to, I guess. But I mean, yeah. you you definitely help me out a little bit more. I'll do a little bit more research. But that back to the flu thing that that definitely <laughs> opened my eyes a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, that's that's kind of the issue too now that we're seeing with the COVID virus is that I don't know if you've heard like we have now these different variations. So we yep. have like a. South African version and a UK version. And it's like, that's, that's going to be the thing that, um, that I think vaccination will be really even more important about because so the way that vaccinations work, it doesn't necessarily um, prevent you from getting the illness. What it does is it protects you from hopefully not getting as sick and then also hopefully not passing it as much. So, you know, I think they've been saying like the UK strain is, you know, spreading easier and things like that. And I will say one thing about, um, cause there's a couple people that are kind of in this group of like, we'll wait and see. So kind of like you were saying, like, I'm just going to kind of wait and see how it plays out. The only issue that might come with that is that if we don't vaccinate enough people, the virus will continue to replicate and it will continue to mutate. And so oh it'll gosh. start to become more resistant to the vaccine because not oh. enough people. <laughs> so you got to make a decision, man. That's what she's saying. Like, you got to <laughs> come on. like, <laughs> Man, you talking about me? Are, are, you you ahead. are you vaccinated, bro? Hey, I, I mean, after this conversation, <laughs> after no, after this conversation, I'm honestly going to uh, think about it. I'm going to see where's the you know nearest place to me. And, you know, I'm going to do some research as well but that makes me feel more comfortable i just didn't know how that whole process went but um i mean i'm in the same boat boat as you is i've never really been at the point where i've needed it so it's Mm -hmm. like you know i feel like i don't know if i need it or not but to your you know points you just stated we need to it's not really like do you need it or not it's well we need it because it's a global pandemic and all these other uh viruses are coming out so yeah, it's like it's like the worst group project that you could ever be a part of. <laughs> oh yeah. That's right. for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's like like I said it's it's hard and I I totally like you know, your concerns and your questions are totally valid. But my point is like just keep asking, you know, keep talking, keep finding people that you trust, keep, you know, looking for good resources for information because I feel like the more information that we can get out, the better. I think that, you know, our last administration did such a poor job of communicating how serious it was and, you know, all the different issues that could come from it that now it's like we're fighting the uphill battle to try to combat Mm -hmm. this when we could have, we could have prevented a lot of this. So that's like the frustration I have sometimes is like, I feel like, if our leadership had done a better job, 
you know, we might not be in the same position. Speaking of on, on leadership, do you think that some of this, like some of the COVID deaths has something to do with like politics a little bit, especially like people not liking Trump. So instead of 400 people dying for COVID-19, we're going to make 550 people die from COVID-19. Because I, I do believe, honestly, in my heart that I could say probably by like 275,000 people actually really died from COVID. I can truly believe that. But it's like this high number of like $500,000. Then you, I mean, not $500,000, what the heck? People. <laughs> and then you have like People's these stories. Deaths. Yeah, you have these stories of other people saying, my grandpa didn't even die from this, but they said that it was COVID-19. It was really a heart disease, blah, blah, blah. What, right. Like, what do you think about numbers and all of that? Um, so I will say, I think that like, it's kind of two part, like on one part, yes. If someone had a pre-existing condition, like heart disease, heart failure, you know, something that's like kind of already terminal, then I mean, who, it's kind of hard to say like that death was only caused by COVID per se. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, we do see cases where it was like, even if the person had a like diabetes or something, they were managed or, you know, they didn't have any issues and then they died. So that's safer to say like, yes, it was caused by COVID. I, I would say, honestly, I don't think the numbers are politically motivated. I think people's behaviors were politically motivated that's in facts. causing <laughs> more deaths because you know, we had tons of people like, I'm not wearing a mask, or I believe that my body will yeah. deter COVID for and, no and, good reason. And the way the media, the way the way yeah. the way the media was portraying things, it was just like, and you get all these people that sit up here and like older people especially, they all they all they take Fox News and these news sources for fact. So if they see a headline or something that's posted, they're taking that for fact. So when they put out all these, uh, you know, numbers by the day and stuff or whatever, and, you know, a lot of like, and, I, and to your point, Jaquan, um, there's like nurses that I know and they've worked in the hospital and they were saying like the numbers were getting reported differently. Like somebody would get a test and then it would come back and they would say that, they didn't have any symptoms or whatever. And then they would still test positive. Like it was something like they were like, I, I can't, I can't remember what exactly what she said, but they were like falsifying the tests almost. So like for the numbers in order to get like that hospital or wherever they're at more money for yeah, uh, I did hear like about the that, ventilators actually. and whatnot. So, but I mean, Jocelyn works in the hospital. So yeah, she, I mean, I know more about that, but yeah. So I will say like, to the financial part of it, hospitals actually lost money treating COVID patients. Um, it's actually not most, most hospitals make money off of like surgeries, kind of those higher paid things. So treating, treating something like COVID actually wouldn't be as much of a money maker as the people would think. Um, Cause yeah, most hospitals actually lost a lot of money uh during the kind of the first surge of everything so, so like I said, I, how does like go ahead well i was just gonna say no so i think that the the kind of politicizing more piece is about people's individual behaviors like i said trump kind of playing it up like it's a no big deal you know it'll go away 
if you hear that enough, you'll start to believe it. And so you'll start to act like, well, it's not a big deal. So I don't have to wear a mask. I don't have to social distance. And so I think that is kind of what right, led yeah. to more issues because there have been countries that were totally compliant and they had one case and the person didn't die and they didn't have to go to the hospital and they never had a case again. <laughs> so, you know, it's just that was like, like Sweden or Switzerland or something. Yeah, I think it. Uh, uh, I know um, Taiwan. I think was one place that had really low rates, um, which was really incredible because they are like attached to China. So the fact that they were able to right, contain yeah. it so well is just kind of a testament to their leadership and then people being compliant. So yeah. I mean, you the U.S. is just a we're just such an interesting bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, I think every I, man for himself. I think China numbers are higher than what they say, but I don't want to get into, you know, politics in another country that I don't live in, but I think they lying about a lot of stuff over there because it went from like it being a total outbreak to them. Like, Oh, that's it. No more cases. We good now y'all. And then it's like, I mean, go ahead. It's a different leadership style though. There, it, like it is like you know, they might not be reporting those they, numbers they, they, though, but you can but, get you but, know killed for stuff but like the that. Thing, the thing about the thing about other countries though that's unlike the U.S. I mean we have laws, but they had real laws out there. Like when they got COVID rules first came out, <laughs> they had rules. Like they were, if you go out here, we're arresting you. Like yeah. Italy, they were arresting people. Yeah. They ain't arresting nobody in the U.S. <laughs> you know where I'm at. All this stuff was open the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just gonna be real. Like it's never closed. So yeah. As I say, it's a that's what I said. There's a lot of things when you talk about the politics side of it that go into play. So that's what, like it it's like from the leadership, from the messaging from leadership, from how the society is run. I mean, like like you said, in the US, you really can't tell nobody nothing. You know, yeah, they're like, okay, nice. whatever. But in other countries, like they get it. They get like, okay, I do this for the better of someone else. And when we all do it, we all succeed. We haven't mastered that here. That's <laughs> because nah. we got a lot of freedom. That's that's our thing. Like that's you know, what we have freedom. Yeah. Once you once you get that, it's kind of hard for you to tell somebody what they can and can't do because this is the land of the free. Even though we do have laws and rules and regulations that we need to follow, it's just a lot of people don't see it that way. So I, I guess that makes sense. So okay. Well, I mean. We pretty much talked a lot about COVID. Uh, I feel really, really better about my decision now, uh, possibly taking this vaccine. Um, <laughs> but you said that you went back and got your master's, right? Um, mm-hmm. Did you go back to Howard? No. So I went back to DePaul and I did okay. my master's program here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Is that how you got like so connected I with to- the... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Is that how you got connected with like Rush Hospital is because like you got a connection through DePaul or you just happened to pick that one because you're already here? Yeah. So I was um, kind of a part of a like a grad assistant program or assistantship kind of. And I did work with uh, the Center for Community Health and Equity. And so they are partnered with Rush because DePaul is kind of also like almost West Side ish. So Rush and DePaul, they have this center together that they do work with grad students. And so that's kind of how I got introduced to Rush. Um, And actually, my timeline's jacked up. I did my MPH and then I went to Korea. (laughs) And so when I came back, 
I was able to kind of easily connect with Rush because of the work that I had done. Yeah. All right. And then, I mean, obviously we need to talk about this. How's Korea? Um, I've been out of the country once and I was only what? I was in Africa for what, a week and a half, two weeks? Mm-hmm. But you were there for what a year, a couple yeah. years. Yeah, so. I went for one year, um, and Korea is awesome. Like, I felt totally safe there. You know, I love the food, trying all the different food and stuff like that. Um, I will say it's definitely better than China <laughs> <laughs> because in China they will look at you like you are a like a petting zoo <laughs> yeah i heard wow. that uh i heard that like people in china don't really i don't want to say they don't like black people but they're against us similar to how america uh, is, is. It, is it black people or foreigners though is it is it black people or foreigners i heard it was black yeah, people. It's, just, <laughs> it's like yeah it's more so black people it's i think it's more so because they literally do not see black people in real exactly. life yep so like True. You know, if they see a black person, I mean, I, I went for like a layover one time in China and like, they're just, they'll, they'll like literally stop and take a photo of you. Like they do not, they do not. (laughs) Wow. Like, like, oh, wait, let me just click, click. And I'm like, what? (laughs) That's wow. Wow. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I um, I would, I would put Korea higher. I, I liked Korea better. It was a little more, um, open. But it's also because they have a program. So they're the Epic program that you mentioned earlier is like a government funded program. So they sponsor teachers, native English speakers, to come to their schools and teach English. And so you're kind of like um. Like you don't teach like structure and grammar and stuff. You're kind of basically just there to help them practice pronunciation. So they want to hear like native English speakers talk and then you kind of help mm. the kids get a better uh, pronunciation. So they really prioritize learning English in Korea. So it's a lot easier to kind of get around if you don't know the language and things like that. And, okay. you know, random people will come up to you like, oh, are you American? Like, and talk to you in English because they just want to use their English. Wow. So, <laughs> That's cool. yeah, it was really nice. I plan on going there soon. So I have uh, my best friend. You're, you're talking about South Korea, correct? Yeah. Uh, no one trying. goes to North Korea. <laughs> yeah, I just I just, I just, just wanted to make sure, you know, I, I don't know what type of program they had you in. But, yeah, I got a, a friend. Was this that's, CO? Huh? CO is that how you say it? Uh, I oh, thought it was soul. 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 soul? That's yeah. how you say it. I mean, it's like S E O U L. Yeah, right? it, it does look like C O, but yeah, it's soul. And the only <laughs> I, I, never, know that, I didn't know how to say it. So yeah, I only knew that because of John Wook, and that's my Korean friend. He lives in Seoul, actually, downtown. So like, he oh, sends okay. me videos all the time. I I, I want to go. It looks cool. We going to Seoul. Hey, let's get it, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. Moving on then. Um, so I mean there's a couple things we could talk about, but let's talk about um you recently just got married. I did. So let's talk about married life. Let's talk about um, you know, your partner. Um and just some advice. How how y'all met, you know, how y'all <laughs> met, some advice. Uh 
definitely yeah for us you know okay yeah because i i did watch the first show so i remember you guys talking about you know how to kind of like get relationships or be in relationships where people really like understand you for you and i definitely was like that's a key point so i would my first piece of advice would be to hold out you know don't change yourself for you know anything don't try to make anybody more comfortable you will find the person that will be comfortable with who you are and all that entails um but the way i met my husband i actually don't totally remember (laughs) (laughs) i think we met through a mutual friend on facebook um Mm. and we just you know we're like friends of friends so we were kind of like around each other but never really talked to each other um and then i had i actually was still in korea and we had like reconnected on snapchat and i was like oh hey you know blah 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 so when i got back home he was like really into art and so he would go to like different art galleries and stuff like that and i had just gotten back home and i was like none of my friends are in chicago anymore like i have no friends so i was like hey like you should just um let me know when you go to another art gallery like we should just hang out real platonic like I had no I wasn't shooting my shot (laughs) right right (laughs) mutual interest you know y'all yeah exactly so somehow that turned into a date to this day I don't know how it became a date but he was like yeah I can come pick you up blah 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 we'll go eat and I'm like okay cool and so then I go you know we have a great time and stuff and I come back home and my mom was like so how was your date and I was like what what date (laughs) (laughs) it's like what you talking about so after i explained it my mom was like yeah no that was definitely a date and i said oh okay then i texted him and i was like was that a date and he said yes and i said oh (laughs) he knew he knew right (laughs) and the rest is kind of history i mean we just basically like hung out every day after that um we'll actually be our like three year dating anniversary would actually be um, the 16th of this month. Um, but we got married in October and yeah, it'll be almost four months married, I think. Yeah. Oh, you're, st- you're still like super, super early. Okay. Yeah. Fresh, hey. fresh. Yeah. I've seen the live stream. It was beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Wait, so you got, did you have like an actual wedding? So we had a COVID wedding. Um, And so basically what happened is like just our immediate family. So like his parents, my parents and my sisters. And then we both had a friend that came to be like our best man and, you know, um, maid of honor. And then we had it live stream. So we sent a link out to like all the family and friends and like, hey, you can link, you know, watch this link and watch the wedding. And I think it actually turned out better because- Yeah, it was great. It was was really fun. And, you know, people that like lived out of town and, you know, my my grandparents and things like that, they were able to watch it from the comfort of their home. So probably more people actually watched my wedding than I would have been able to invite in person, even even without COVID. So I was like, to me, that was the best of both worlds. Yeah, that's that's creative. Mm -hmm. That's not. I thought you were about to just say, no, we went to the courthouse, call it a day. That's actually creative. That's smart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. It was great. So I was like, I'm not going to do this again, but this was fun. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, you had my mom crying, Auntie Didi was crying, you know, <laughs> Grandma was crying, everybody was crying. I know. That was so funny. I got all these text messages like, oh, my God, you look so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking on that, since, you know, you just got married, he said he mentioned that you got a house as well. Yes. So we actually just bought a house, uh, not even two full weeks yet, I think. <laughs> wow. How's that? Where, how, how's that journey? Yeah. Achieving that. So, um, so again, I'm type A. I had a plan. I was like, we, we kind of knew last year that we were going to get married. You know, I knew he was going to propose and stuff. We didn't realize like when COVID happened, how that would kind of change our timeline. But I was like, you know, we should still go ahead and get married. You know, I don't feel like we should wait. And so, I also knew I didn't want to live in an apartment anymore. I was like, we can buy a house as soon as we get married, you know? <laughs> and he was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, let's wait. Let's try and save some money. Oh, so he was um, against it. Okay. Yeah. So he was initially against it. And I was like, but the interest rates are low. You know, we've been saving money. All time low. We got, we had been budgeting and like saving a bunch of money for the wedding and stuff. So I was like, we can easily save some more money for like a down payment. Um yeah. Here in Illinois, they have a lot of first-time homebuyer programs, too. And so those were still happening and stuff. So you can get, like, grant money for um, the down payment and stuff. So I was like, we could do it. We could do it. And so it took an unfortunate event for him to kind of come to to my side. So uh, the place, the neighborhood that we were living in, um, it's like a busy street. And so just out of the blue, like his car got totaled one day when we were at home. And I was like, <laughs> this is why we should move. <laughs> yeah. So, did mine. Wow. so, so did that mine. really happens. huh? I guess that really yeah. happens. huh? Yeah. Really that happens. <laughs> wow. Did they leave an insurance card or they just, you oh, know, God, no, no, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. You see what I'm saying? Man? That's crazy. That's and the crazy wow. thing is, is that a year before that, Someone totaled my car and then almost almost a year to the day, I think they totaled his car. And I was like, look, we're not we're not living over here. Yeah, nah, <laughs> see, y'all probably got a garage and all of that probably inspired you to get a garage. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I need a garage. I think we all do, man. <laughs> man, I'm saying everybody car done been totaled. Yeah, that's sick. Oh yeah, I was uh, yeah I was with him when he got his car totaled. This was in oh my goodness, what October? That was August. Yeah, oh yeah, that was yeah, on my right. birthday. It was the yeah. day after my birthday. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no man. But he so what what happened to you? Because you just said that you walked out and your car was totaled. It was the exact same way. It was on the street and somebody just you know <laughs> don't leave no note or nothing like that. That's why when you when you said that I already knew what the story was. <laughs> Wow. I, know how, I know how they get down out here. So it is what it is, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, none of us were in the car. <laughs> yep. Yes. I got a 2021 already. So I'm good. You know, I ain't got God no problems. Good. Yeah. God, good. Okay. Um, so, yeah, y'all went and got the house. So, I mean, how is it living in the house? I mean, obviously, you've lived in a house before, but it's different when it's your own house. Yeah, it's definitely surreal. Also, um, I didn't answer your early question about the process. So like 
once we finally decided that we wanted to get a house, um, it was actually a really smooth process. Um, and I like what our realtor told us. He was like, all the hard work you did months in advance, you know, all the saving, you know, making sure your your credit was right and all that stuff. He's like, you did all that. That was the hard work. All of this stuff is kind of like the easy work, just, you know, finding the house and getting approved and doing going through the signing. So really, um, yeah, our process was really pretty smooth. Um, we maybe were like shopping around for houses for like a couple weeks. And then once we found a house that fit all of our needs and stuff, we were like, let's do it. So Dang, only um, a couple of weeks. I thought that took yeah. like months. Yeah. The hard, the longest part was waiting to close. So like after we got the offer in and they accepted, it's just a bunch of like paperwork and like they want 8 million pieces of paper from like your pay stubs to your taxes to all that Jeez. stuff. Um, and then, you know, just making sure like everything's in order for the closing that was kind of the hardest part. So it was just like kind of waiting. Cause you're like, okay, I sent you like everything except for, you know, the baby rag that I was born in. Like you should have all the information. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. So that was, that was like the hardest part. But once we got to closing, you know, we like signed a million and one papers. Um, they gave us the keys and yeah, it's been, it's been really nice. You know um, it's been, like I said, surreal. Cause you're like, man, like this is mine. So now, like, if something breaks or if something goes wrong, like, I can't call up my landlord no more. <laughs> I can't, you know, do that. But it's, but then at the same time, like, if something breaks or whatever, like, I can get it fixed right away or, you know, I can do whatever I need to to get it fixed. So that's that's the nice thing I like is kind of having more control over, you know, where you live in and stuff. Yeah. Because I don't got control of where I live. Uh, like a couple of... <laughs> I, it's a it's a nice apartment, but like a couple of months ago, I was uh, in Indiana. And I came back from Indiana, and the roof was off. Like I know that sounds crazy, like to believe, but I showed oh, yeah. Rodney. That, I remember he sent me like, that. Yeah, there's the an apartment roof was, like actually collapsed in. Yeah, like the oh, entire God. roof came off, and like five people' cars that were like in that parking spot area, they got their cars smashed. They're, they're oh, smashed. Wow. Yeah, so I think I'd rather have a house, you know, where I can you know <laughs> fix something real quick rather than that. Yeah. Right. Oh my goodness. Okay. So all right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. We're gonna close with this though. So obviously it's Black History Month. Um, so when we did the first episode, uh Jaquan asked me um what I thought it meant to be black and what I like about being black. So I just thought I would ask you that question. Yeah. I mean, everything, honestly, like. I, I saw a really good um, quote the other day and it was like, it was like being black is dope. Having or like living in America while black is sometimes problematic or, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. But actually like being black, being, you know, a black woman, that's, that's awesome. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. So I agree. It's like me being black is not the problem. It's everyone right. else's problem. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Right. But me being black, like that's not the problem. So I I mean, I enjoy everything. Like the culture. Black Twitter is undefeated. Everywhere. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't got Twitter, so I don't know nothing about that. But I, man. Man, black Twitter is undefeated. Um yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, being black to me is just being resilient, being able to um, always progress, even when you're doubted against and overcome adversity down. Right. You know, like being able to kind of push against all the negative negativity. That's that's what being black to me means. So. Cool. So to just single back on that, do you another thing we discussed was Black History Month. Do you believe that we should have a Black History Month, especially because you're a teacher? So what do you think about that? So I also saw another good clip recently. Um, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember her first name, but she does a comedy sketch like the Ruffin Show. I can't remember her first name, but she does this little sketch about why there should be a white history month. And so the basic premise of it is that they need to have a white history month because they don't teach white history correctly in school, let alone black history. Right. So I think that there really should be, there should be both. We need to correctly learn the history of white America and all the things that they have done that they try to erase from textbooks, as well as black history and also not just black history starting from slavery like let's learn about the diaspora let's learn about africa let's learn about what people were doing before they were enslaved because the only you history will repeat itself so unless you learn history correctly you are doomed to just repeat its failures and i think we don't learn history correctly to begin with but when you if, if you say white history wouldn't you just consider that like pretty much basically back to what I was saying, where it could just be American history, where we just go over everything. And instead of us having a black history month, where we only focus on these, you know, significant people like Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, et cetera, et cetera, only during that month. Over everything, truthfully. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I think it should be a both and type of thing. Like, I feel like, yeah, we can learn American history but I mean, I remember learning American history and I never learned about any black people. So yeah. it's like, you know, we need to incorporate, like I said, we need to accurately teach American history because America wouldn't exist without black people, like just honestly. So if we're not teaching that in American history, then, you know, we're doing a disservice to begin with. So I think it could be both. We need to be consistent throughout our regular American history, but then it also benefits to highlight other people, other cultures, because we have like Hispanic Heritage Month, you know, we have Asian American, Pacific Pacific American, Asian American (laughs) history. So I think it's important to highlight those, but then just also make sure that they exist because if they existed in regular history, then yes, I would agree. We don't need black history but until we get to that point i feel like we need both of them yeah that's 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 what i basically came up with so i think we're thinking the same thing like yeah i I would like it where it was all of that just at once but right now it does not seem to be that way so i would say we should keep black history month but i i want to get to a point where we don't have that month necessarily and we just learn about us and of course, white people and of course, Asians, blah, 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 et cetera, the entire year instead of mm-hmm. just short little segments. But I'm going to ask you this, because with both of what what both of you are saying with the white, white history and then American history, 
So would you want it to be taught in its entirety, like truthfully? Because I feel like with history, especially with America, they're telling the history from a perspective of like the winning side. And we want you to feel this certain way because they're really trying to like get people to feel patriotic and, you know, really adopt the American culture. Like all all these Mm -hmm. great figures, all these great uh, historical uh, accomplishments, landmarks, whatever. But it's like if you go ahead and teach it truthfully, like how it was actually happened, I feel like that's going to change the way that a lot of people think and view America. Not only people outside, you know, they already view us a certain way, but people Mm -hmm. growing up here. So I feel like that's half the reason why they don't want to, because, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, that wasn't me. That was my ancestors or whatever. But I mean, that's what happened. So it's like. I feel like they have to find a balance to include in everybody, like, you know, Asian culture, African culture, everyone, um, everyone that's had a hand in American uh, history, but they have to do it in a way to not like, you know, because I feel like if you show like how white people used to do us, that's going to dehumanize like, you know, like or desensitize people to like that type of stuff. And like they're going to feel like white people are like, oh, they're so bad or whatever. No, I, I like see. That, I, not, that's not not, but that's how off. a lot of white people, I feel like, are viewing it is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, but like not mm-hmm. to cut you off, like to go back to like your original question about if we teach it the right way, if you teach it the right way, then we learn that, I mean, black people were selling black people as well. And that's something I learned later on in college when I took a African class. So if we learn about that, it, it, I don't necessarily agree. They were selling that. them, but they wasn't doing them like this. Yeah, they wasn't doing them like this, but they they were <laughs> like we were selling. I get, I get, our I get, own I get people. you though. I get you though. And that's I get and that's though. something a lot of people didn't know. Like I didn't grow up knowing that. Like I'm like, dang, like white people was just doing us dirty. But at the same time, it's like there's times where we were doing ourselves dirty, and I needed to. It's a narrative. It's a narrative behind both sides. So that's why I and I, and, I, and, like, and, and I want to like get all of that. Right. I like I, we need, need the, all you that want the full narrative. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I think yeah. I think it kind of goes like to your point, Rodney, about how that'll change people's views. That's the point. Yeah. Education is oftentimes the first like indoctrination kind of, if you will, like mm-hmm. because it te- I mean, that's why that's how we get the make America great, because we keep teaching like, oh, America's this superpower. We did these great things, blah, blah, blah. But we're not giving the full story. So I think it does need to be taught truthfully because then we can be like okay um america probably lucked up because we were built on free labor (laughs) you know like we became a superpower or all this money and economics and all these things came from free labor and then you know start from there and then figure out okay well you know what other things um happen because we also this is another thing that kind of learned by traveling abroad is that like, there is this sort of entitlement that Americans have that for other people see it. They, they see it and they, they're like, I don't know yep. why you think you're so great just cause you're yeah. American, yep. you know, like yep. so it, it is that kind of, um, we get this kind of like chip on our shoulders because we're, we've been taught like America is the greatest that patriotism. In the world. Yeah. You know, that yeah. false, you know, yeah. yeah, and it's like we we could learn a couple things from somebody else. I promise. Like, and it you know doesn't mean we we failed because um, that's always the thing that I think is funny when people are when like stuff like you know the the riots and stuff over last summer and people are like that's not who we are. I said 
where have you been looking? Right. Yeah, yeah, this, we're built on this. We're built on that. Yep. I was like, this is exactly who this we are. This is exactly who we are, right? Yeah. So I get you. I, you no, know, yeah. I think we can afford to we can afford to learn that we are not the greatest and be okay with I think that. so too. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think we're okay with that though, but it, I feel like I but and see that's why we'd have to get somebody of like you know a white person out here to give their perspective. Well, we're talking but to Howie next feel, week, so I know, and we're gonna ask him. So, but mm-hmm. I feel like they're feeling like, oh, that's gonna put me in a bad light. That's gonna put my family in a bad light in a sense. But it's like we've already been through all this abuse and all this you know discrimination or whatnot. So it's like we do want it to be told truthfully because a lot of people's stories weren't told and just, you know, educate everyone as a whole. But I just want to think about like that perspective, like of the white person, Mm -hmm. like how do they feel like if they were to actually like roll out all this stuff that happened and tell it exactly how it is. But that's why I said it has to be taught in a way that it's not really like dehumanizing like that, Mm -hmm. not to condemn or not to, you know, you have to condemn that, but you, you you get what I'm saying? Like you don't want to. You, yeah, it's like we need to learn history, not because we're trying to play the blame game anymore. Right. We need right. to get to some places where we need to find solutions for these yep. things that are right. rampant. You know, all these inequalities, all these issues, all these isms. We are not going to be able to solve them until we go back and say, okay, this is what how we got here. And the yes, roots. the people today, right? Yes, the people today didn't necessarily do that thing but we need to all be a part of the solution. So yeah, it's not, it's not about playing the blame game. It's just like, how can we be a solution oriented? And we have to look at history for that. I agree on that. Well, before we wrap things up, I know you said that like that was the last one, but I just (laughs) got just two little short things. So like before, before we, you know, we get out of every episode, we always ask for uh, everybody's advice. So it doesn't have to be based off of this episode, just, some quick advice that you have for anybody out there and also a book that you can recommend for me and Rodney to read. I appreciate Ooh. that. Okay. Hmm. Um, so general advice, I would definitely say, um, kind of like I said earlier, is just really be true to yourself. Um, I know like even in kind of my career path and like different things that I've done, like people have been like, Oh, why you do that? Why, you know, what would you do that? Why would you do that? And at the end of the day, the answer was just like, because this is me, like, this is what I want. This is what I want to go for. Um, You know, sometimes we can kind of go through phases where we don't really know what we want to do, but once you find something that like really drives you um, and really is like something that, you just like have to do, I would say like follow that wholeheartedly and don't, you know, don't let anybody kind of question you or make you doubt yourself in that. And then for a book. Hmm. Make it good. Make it good. Be true to you. So, so I haven't read this book yet, but I am buying it. And it's the um, 400 souls, I believe. 400. 400 souls. I can Let me look that, it up really I don't quick. Know where my pen is so. Yeah, I, I was looking for my pencil. Four hundred. Yeah, yeah four hundred souls: a community history of African America from sixteen nineteen to twenty nineteen. Who's the uh, author? So this is Ibram X. Kendi. 
Um, he's the author of How to Be Anti-Racist as well, which is also a good book. I've heard of that. Okay, I'll okay. check that out. But cool. it just came right. out. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to buy it. I'll read it. I'll let you know my thoughts. But I think it would be a good book, too. Okay, cool. Rodney, what do you what do you have for us in terms of advice today, man? And also give her a book to read. Uh my advice. Ooh. Ooh. Kind of got put on the spot right here. Um, <laughs> it's always on the spot on this podcast, man. Come on now. Um, I'll just say to be open-minded. Um, I walked into this conversation today just with an open mind. Um, yeah. not that I said that I was going to do the vaccine or not, but just an open mind on wanting to learn more about it, uh, more about how it works, um, and just more about, uh, you know, the healthcare industry a little as well. So I'll just say be open-minded. Um, as for a book, ooh. Richest ooh. Man Alive, we can both give her that recommendation because we read that together, you know. I think that's the one, bro. Have you ever read I mean, that? The richest yeah. man to ever live. Yeah. So we'll send okay, you yeah. after after the call. I don't mean to like take over your book, but I just know we both enjoyed that a lot. And I feel like she would be someone that can really grasp that entire book. So after the yeah. after the call, I definitely will have Rodney send you that. That book is you'll no, love yeah, it. that book's that book's a great book. Nice. I need okay. to finish. <laughs> Yeah, I but I was, I just want to say uh, thank you for, you know, giving us your time today. Uh, thank you just for, you know, informing us about this vaccine and COVID and a little bit about your life. Um, I know we don't really get to talk like that, but I really do appreciate just talking to you. You know, I miss seeing you, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's really a great moment seeing you get married and just seeing like my mom and all of them Aww. like break down like that. You know, that was just like. <laughs> You know, that really made me like feel a way. And, you know, mm -hmm. that just makes me think about like my relationships and like my goals and stuff. So I just want to say you've inspired me. Uh, and just thank you, you know, for your time. And just thanks for being yeah, here. Agreed. Thanks, thanks for your time. Yeah. I want to say one last thing. So it was really actually mm -hmm. funny that you guys hit me up for this because um, like the day before I think you messaged me, I was like, mm -hmm. like I said, I've been kind of pushing and you know kind of share information about COVID and stuff but I was like man I really want to like like get in touch with like black men because I think black men in particular like there are other reasons why they sometimes are wary of healthcare and stuff like that and so I was like if I could have a platform to like kind of talk to some black men that would be really dope hey. so you are an answer to a prayer cool. <laughs> that just yes, made, me up, made me feel good <laughs> God works in mysterious ways yeah you do yes, he does 